Well, let's see now. We have on our team, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find then, out, the guy's name. And then, uh -huh. That's what I want to find out, the guy's name. I'm telling you, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Now, Abby, you now, want to be the manager of the baseball team? Yes. You know the guy's names? Well, I should. Well, now you tell me the guy's names on the baseball I team. I say, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. You ain't saying nothing to me yet. Go ahead and tell me. <laughs> I'm telling him. You ain't said nothing yet. Go ahead and tell me. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know. Is on third. You know the guy's name's on the baseball team? Yes. Well, go ahead. Who's on first? Yes. I mean the guy's name. Who? The guy playing first. Who? The guy playing first base. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? What are you asking me for? I don't know. Now, wait a minute. I'm, not I'm a... asking you who's on first. That's his name. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. That's it. <laughs> That's his name. Well, you ain't said that. I ain't asked you nothing. You did. You know the guy's name on first base? Sure. Go ahead and tell me the guy's name on first base. Who? You just watched a classic piece of American history. The Who's on First sketch, or part of it, at least a piece of the Who's on First sketch with Abbott and Costello. And I would, I would venture to guess that from 9 or 10 years old on up, almost everyone watching this online, out of the campuses, whatever, you knew of this. You were familiar with this sketch. And it is so iconic, not because they did such a great job with it, which they did, but because it's real life. Everybody has a Who's on First story. Would you agree with that? And we actually have plenty of them because of these things where communication breaks down and things get misrepresented, misled. I remember years ago now when I was doing plumbing, uh, we had brought a guy on during the summer who was on his break from college. He's a college student. And uh, he came on to work for us and he got placed under me. And so I was uh, piping a, a new house, doing the copper pipe under, back then we used copper and and uh, I was doing the piping, and so I'd cut a bunch of pieces, and, and I had the, the fittings out and everything. And so I said to him, and he'd been working with us a couple of weeks. He'd seen me doing all this stuff. And so I said, you know, <coughs> excuse me, why don't you clean the copper? You have to clean the, you know, where the copper is going to fit into the fitting. You clean the inside of the fitting and the outside of the copper and everything. And I just said, go ahead and clean the copper and the fittings and everything. Get it all set up, and then I'll come back, and we'll put it together, put flux on it, and we'll solder it and put it up and everything. And he's like, great. And so I go do what I'm doing, and I come back, and he had done a beautiful job. He had really cleaned it up well, except he had cleaned the inside of the pipe and the outside of the fitting, which is the exact opposite of what you want. And I remember I walked up and I looked down at what he'd done. And I didn't laugh out loud, but I just was like, what, what exactly did you do? And then I remember having this thought. This is all these years ago. I remember having this thought. How is this dummy ever going to graduate from college if he can't even figure something this simple out? But you know what's interesting is he was not dumb. He was very smart. In fact, he went on to do extremely well in the business world. And he graduated from college with honors and all that stuff. It wasn't him dumb. It was a who's on first story somehow. And he was very embarrassed by it. I said, well, dude, you got it exactly backwards. He's like, I can't believe I did that. But we all have those stories. Come on, is that true? Communication, something happens, it breaks down. And this is my opinion. Maybe you'll disagree on this. But I actually think this is the number one struggle that you have in marriage relationships. Communication breakdown. This is how it goes. All of us who are married have experienced this at one time or another where our maid has said something to us, they've tried to communicate something to us, and they feel angry because we have not responded appropriately, and they come to us and like, what is, 
What is wrong with you? Why won't you do this? And what you do is you do the natural response and you say, if you would just communicate with me, I would know what you want. They're like, communicate. I've said it a thousand times to you. And back and forth. Come on. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm looking at married couples right now just sitting there going. <laughs> Everybody knows what I'm talking about. And there's this kind of default mode that we go into that we, we determine that if communication is broken down, it must be their fault. It must be that way. And this happens. It happens in marriage. It happens in the workplace. It happens in the neighborhood. It happens all over the place. But in my opinion, nowhere does it happen where it is more heartbreaking than when it comes to our communication with God. Because, because I'm the absolute, I'm of the absolute conviction that there is no more important, no greater relationship. But the stuff that we say around here is really true. If we really believe this stuff, no relationship is more important than that relationship, that connection with God. And yet, I think if we were brutally honest, a lot of us would say, I often feel like there's a communication breakdown between God and I. I pray, but it's like, I don't hear anything back. I don't know if there's any response. I don't, I don't have a sense that he's heard me or that he's listening. Or, You know, when I was um, a young, young boy, and I've shared this story before, but I was uh, at the church my family uh, went to when I was a kid, and there was just a weekend where I had an encounter with God, and I absolutely felt that I heard from him. I felt like I heard God speak, not in audible words, but inside me, I was intensely aware of his grace and his love and his commitment to me and his heart for me. And that day, I gave my life to Christ. And since that time, I've had so many times where I've heard God speaking to me. Again, not in an audible way, not words that I were so articulate, but I was, it was clear God is speaking to me. So many times it's happened. But if I were to be fully transparent with you, I would have to say, it's often not that way. It's often not that way. It's often that I don't feel really like my prayers are going anywhere. I mean, I'll have people come to me. This is funny because, you know, they think because I'm in the ministry, I just walk around, you know, with God, just like we're, we got, you know, this... It's always connected. And they're like, well, you got an end with the big man. Could you pray for me? And I often laugh when people say that to me because I think if you knew the truth, if you knew the truth that it's not that uncommon for me to have spent time in prayer and then when I'm done, I kind of feel like, well, I think I just shot stuff up towards heaven. But somewhere it seems like it just, there was no connection. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Even We don't like to own up to this, but even passionate followers of Christ often feel like there's some kind of a communication breakdown between them and God. I don't think I'm alone in this. I think most of you would probably say the same, and and as I said, even those of us who are passionate, even those who love God, and I think often like what we do in marriage or what we do in other situations is when we feel like we're not hearing from God, this is what we have a tendency to do. I prayed I did my part, but he apparently isn't listening or isn't there or isn't talking. We put the blame over on God. 
And I understand why we do that, because it's like you pray, you, you, you know, you're like, God, I need to know what to do here. I, I have these opportunities in front of me, and I don't know which one to take, and I'm, I'm asking you to show me. And so you pray, and you, 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 you're saying, I'm, I, I want to hear you, I'm listening to you, and then you don't hear anything. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's so easy to just go, I prayed, I did it, I tried, but nothing done, nothing was coming. And I get that. I remember years ago, my, one of my sons, uh, he was, uh, I can't remember how old he was, but, you know, I would say he was, you know, pre-teen, but, but, but pretty close to teenage years. And he had to make a decision on something, and, and he had come to me, and he wanted me to make the decision for him. He wanted me to choose, and I thought, you know what, this is a good time for you to hear from God. I think this is good. And so I, said, I just said to him, I said, you know what, I want you to hear from God, so this is what I'd like you to do. Just go off and spend some time in quiet, and just ask God, show me what you want me to do. And I said, I think he'll show you. And he's a, he was a very compliant kid, and he's like, okay. He goes off to his room. About an hour later, he comes out. I said, do you hear from God? He said, no, nothing. I said, you know, that's okay. That re- really, that's okay. No big deal. I said, why don't you just get, stay quiet for a while and just keep open to God? I think you'll hear from him. And so, you know, I didn't tell him he had to go to his room to do it or anything. I just said, just, just be listening for God. And a while later, I went about my business, he went about his or whatever, and a while later, I came back, I said, I saw him again, I said, well, 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 have you heard from God? And he goes, yep, I did. I'm like, awesome, that's great. What did he say? And he looked at me with a straight face and said, he said to ask you. <laughs> and I couldn't argue with him. I understood that. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about here? It's like, I'm asking you and I'm not getting anything. I'm not hearing, and this is often... I mean, this is often how it feels. And I think because we feel this distance, we assume that somehow God isn't speaking to us. We, com- we, we assume the communication breakdown is on his end. But I want to challenge that this weekend. I want to just provoke your thinking. This is my goal, really, to kind of provoke us. I really wonder if the breakdown is not in God's lack of speaking to us or communicating with us. I wonder if the breakdown may be in our lack of hearing. And if you look at Scripture, really, honestly, I mean, you, you can see this throughout history where, where God is speaking, but we're, we're just not listening. Here's an example. This is John chapter 12. Jesus is, is, is knowing that what's coming, the crucifixion and the, what he would face is so difficult. So he says, now my soul is troubled, and, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, no. He says, it was for this very reason that I came to this hour. And so instead, Jesus says, Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven. And we know this must be God because it's that response. He says, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. But look at what it says. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had what? Thundered. God spoke and they thought it thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. This is so fascinating to me because it's like God spoke and what they heard was thunder or Well, it could have been an angel, I don't know. But what they didn't know was that God had been there and had spoken in that place. God with us, yet we didn't even hear him. John talks about this in the first part of the Gospel of John. This is John chapter 1. He's talking about Jesus here. He says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Again, talking about Jesus. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not, what? They didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, 
but his own didn't receive him. I, I, I don't think it takes much processing to understand that in truth, I think God could be standing right in front of us speaking and we could completely miss him because historically you see this happen time and time and time again. What I'm contending is is that maybe the problem is us. And I just want you to think about this. And I think the question, of course, to ask is, why is there a communication breakdown between us and God? Why is that happening? Even if it is our fault, why is that going on? Well, in order to process this, I think it would be fair to start with, with an assumption. I want to establish an assumption here. And I know some of you aren't even sure if you believe in God, and so this may seem far-fetched, and others of you are new in this whole area of spirituality and Christianity, and, and this will be a stretch, but I want you to, I want you just to, to think about this. Here's the assumption. If, and it's important that I say this, if the stuff we say we believe is true, that there is a God, that he does love us, that he's engaged with us, that he came to us, that he gave his life for us, that he listens to us, that he, he is there for us. If those things are true, if he is the creator and we are the created, I think it is a very reasonable assumption to believe that God is communicating with us and is communicating in a way that could be understood if we're listening. So my assumption is, and this is how I want to kind of base this, is that I'm of the conviction, and I believe this is biblical, I believe that it's, it's pretty clear, really, that God's actually talking all the time. That he's speaking in an ongoing way. And the problem is not, is God speaking, or is God listening, or is God engaged with us? I'm convinced that the problem is not with him, it is with us. So the assumption is, God is speaking. So let's start there, and then we'll... Take a step back and we'll try to look at this question and process why is there a communication breakdown then? Why is this happening? And I think there are a couple things. Again, these are thoughts to ponder and some of you won't agree with them and that's okay. But I think probably one of the biggest reasons that we don't hear from God is that we don't make the effort. I mean, we say, I want to hear from God. I want God to speak. I want to see God move. We say it. We give lip service to it. But I'm not of the conviction that we always make the effort. I think actually sometimes we kind of assume that since he is God, and if you're God and the creator, you ought to be able to communicate in a way that I can understand and hear. And so here I am, God. You got something to say to me, say it. You obviously know where I am. You can obviously communicate. So if you got something to say, do a miracle. Do something supernatural. Show me. Speak to me. I'm, I'm listening. And we say this, of course, you understand that as soon as you have that kind of an attitude, in effect what you're doing is you're you're taking the onus off you. You're, in, in effect, saying, I'm not responsible in this. If God wants to communicate, he's going to do it. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. It's not my fault. It doesn't really matter. But I think you want to be careful on that assumption. Because I think sometimes people are like, you know what? I don't see him. I don't see him at work. I don't see him move. I don't hear him. I would be careful. Paul actually addresses this in Romans, the first chapter. And this is pretty strong stuff. This is verses 19 and 20 from the message paraphrase. He writes, the basic reality of God is plain enough. Open your eyes, and there it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, in other words, creation around you, people have always been able to see what their eyes has such can't see. Eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of his divine being. 
In other words, those things are seeable. And then I underline this next part. He says, so nobody has a good what? Excuse. Paul says, look, don't, don't tell me God's not communicating. Everywhere you look, you will see God if you are looking for him. And if you are truly listening, if you are making the effort, you will hear from God if you are listening for him. He says, God's speaking, God's communicating, even through creation and through nature and all the things around us. What you can't do is use the excuse, God never spoke to me, God never revealed himself, because you are surrounded by crazy, wonderful, remarkable life. And life itself attests to God. And so he says, there's no excuse, be careful of this. But here's the deal, if your heart is closed, I mean, this is just a fact, folks. If your heart is closed off to God, if you're not willing to listen for him and not willing to make the effort, it doesn't matter if God spoke with a megaphone and a baseball bat, you still wouldn't hear him. You might think it thundered, you might think something happened, you might think nothing happened, but you would not hear him. And you can argue all day long, yes, I would. If God wanted to speak to me, I would hear it. If he really tried to speak to me, I would hear it. You can argue that, but every parent in here knows that you can say something 14 different ways to your kids and they still don't hear a word you say. Come on, is that true? And they can be looking at you the whole time like, yep, 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 and you come at it this way and then you come back around at it that way and you come at it from six different ways and then you look at them and you, do you get it? Yep, yep. Did they get it? Nope, nope, it didn't happen. And that's, I mean, that, <laughs> that is a reality. I don't know why that is. I don't know why our kids don't hear. Sometimes I wonder if it's uh, the Charlie Brown syndrome. Do any of you remember the teacher in the Charlie Brown uh, comics? Do you, remember, do you remember this? That, I think, is what we sound like to our kids. Wah, 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 wah. And you never have any idea that they're ever hearing anything you say. Come on. And all the parents said... <laughs> yeah, some of you are looking at your kids like, like, "Amen, you little demon!" You know, you, you, they, they, it's like they, it's like they don't hear you. I, I, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I feel like I've done this a lot with my family. They would be speaking to me, my kids, my wife, anybody in my family, and I would be looking at them and smiling and nodding and not hearing a word they're saying. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm like, I look like I'm engaged, but I am not. And I've had countless times where my kids or my wife have actually looked at me and said, hey, you're not listening. And they were right. But I never owned that. I would just say, yes, I am. If you would stop mumbling, I could hear what you're saying. And we have this sort of default response which says it's not me that the communication problem is with it's you it's you it's your problem and i actually think that this is the same thing that we do with god i i'm actually of the conviction that it's easier to just blame god than it is to make the effort to actually hear I think we don't hear him because we don't make the effort. I think there's another reason people don't hear him. I think another reason is, is, is that we get disappointed. It's like you pray, you ask God, would you do this thing for me? Would you come through in some way? And, and it doesn't happen and you, you get tired or bored or discouraged or whatever it is. And, and you're just like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even trying to talk to him because I feel like he never talks to me. Maybe you prayed for somebody you loved who had cancer and was way too young to die. And they died anyhow. 
And that hurt lodges in you and it's like, that's what God does apparently. Like someone I know, in the midst of a hellishly dark time in his life of great loss, I was asking him about his spiritual life. He had been a serious follower of Christ. I said, how are you doing with all this? And he looked at me and said, you know, I still believe in God. But he said, I always believed when I hit a time like this that God would be there with comfort. As far as I can see, he hasn't shown up. And so you just, I mean, why bother trying? He didn't, he didn't show up before. What, what, why bother trying now? And so we just kind of give up on it. And this happens in people's lives. This happens all the time. But I hope you can hear this. Because some of you are there. Some of you have said, I've tried with God. And you're not even telling people this because you, you don't want them to think that you've kind of abandoned your sense of re- God would really come, ever come through. You just kind of go through the motions now. But you, you feel hurt. You feel like God hasn't come through. Just, if you can, just listen. Just because someone doesn't come through in the way you want doesn't mean they don't love you and won't be there for you and care about you. I'll bet most of us can drag up a story from our own lives where somebody was upset with us because they had asked us to be somewhere, do something, and we had said to them, can't do that, won't do that for whatever reason, and they didn't hear it, and when we didn't show up or when we didn't do it, They were furious and they believed that it was a statement that we did not care for them. And then they confront us because they're ready to quit on the relationship and they're like, you don't even care about me. You you, you couldn't even be bothered. And it's like, that is not true. I love you and I would do anything for you. But you knew that I I said it, but they didn't hear it. And so what happens when there's a communication breakdown is we assume that God did not come through. And many of you sitting in this room, listening online, many of you know this. You know that there are things in your life that have happened in the past. If you've got any kind of history, you know that there were times when you felt God did not come through. And a year down the road, two years down the road, you look back and saw that he absolutely had come through, but not in the way you thought he should. But he came through in the way that you needed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And he was there. Just because it doesn't happen doesn't mean that you're unloved. But this communication breakdown happens so often, and I see it happen between people and God, and that's why we're so passionate at TVC about connecting people with God. There's a mission statement. We want to be a a serving church for unchurched people because this relationship matters more than any other, your connection with God. So what I want to do is kind of turn a corner now. Instead of just talking about, you know, why we're disconnected, I want to kind of talk about how We build up communication with God. And again, these are thoughts for you to ponder, and you can do with them what you want. But the first thought that I have is if you want communication build up, if you want to grow this, and I've kind of already said this, is you have to assume some responsibility. You, you, You just have to assume some responsibility. You have to understand that it's not just up to God. You have to make the decision to listen. From my perspective, this is probably the biggest roadblock to hearing from God that any of us have. Because as long as you take no responsibility for it, as long as you are not trying to listen, you will not hear. Now you just think about this. This will make sense to you, okay? When someone is talking to you and you don't understand what they're saying, what do you do? If you want to hear them, what do you do? You take on the posture 
of listening. You lean in, you turn your ear, you say, what did you say? Tell me again. You take on the posture of listening. Uh, Last weekend during uh, uh, a time of worship here in the auditorium, the music was pretty loud, and I saw somebody standing in the back that I wanted to say something to that I felt was relatively important. So I went up to him and I said, you know, I started speaking in his ear, and apparently what he heard was wah, 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 like that, because he looked at me and he said, I can't hear a word you're saying. And I realized, we have to do something about this because he wants to hear me and I want him to hear me. And so I pointed to the lobby and we walked out of the distraction of the noise and the music and stood out in the lobby. And then I looked at him and he leaned over and said, now what is it you want me to hear? And I said it to him again because now he was in a posture of listening. And here's what I wonder. I wonder if we don't give lip service and say, I want to hear from God, but we never take on the posture of listening. I wonder sometimes if we don't own that. See, if you, if you truly want to hear from God, you're going to do those things which open you up so that you're here. Whatever leaning in looks like for the follower of Christ, you're going to do that. You're going to incline your ear. I'll tell you one thing you're going to do. Some of you think this is silly to even say it. But I think you make a commitment to be a part of a church family and then you're in church, not just once a month or once every couple months when it's convenient. You go. You know why? Not because it saves your soul or does some supreme thing for you, but when you take that hour and 15 minutes, when you take that little bit of time and you just say, I'm here, not every time, but often you hear God speaking inside you. And it's not in words, but you have a sense that God was doing something in you. And that is because you took an hour and 15 minutes to lean in and to incline your ear. And it may not even happen in the message when somebody's preaching. It may not happen in the music. It might happen out in the lobby, but you'd make that decision. If If you have a posture of listening, when you lean in, you not just make church a consistent part of your life, you make serving a consistent part of your life because we were made to serve, and when we're serving, it opens up the channels of communication with God. You make being with other Christ followers a consistent part of your life. You engage in a life group or some kind of group where you talk with others about spiritual things so you can hear what they say and you can talk about what's happening in you. And it brings you, and again, none of these are cure-alls and they don't all make us perfect people, but they're all part of a posture of listening. Some of you are older like I am. And you're finding you do that more these days. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And the really old people didn't even hear me say that, so they don't, you know. You have to, you have to make the decision. I want to hear. Look, you, you, you know this. But let's be clear. A relationship that has no time or energy invested a relationship that has no time or energy invested, no posture of leaning in, seldom grows except apart. It's just how it works. If there's no leaning in, if there's no listening, this is true in marriage, this is true in friendships, if there's no posture of, I want to hear you, it seldom grows except apart. You need to be listening. I understand there's a ton of things that are happening in your life. I know that. Do you understand that in the midst of those things, God is speaking all the time? 
and that he wants to teach you and guide you and lead you and comfort you, but if you never take a posture of listening, if you never lean in and incline your ear and say, God, I don't know, I don't even like what's happening now, what are you doing here? If you're never listening, you miss him speaking. And I will tell you, God speaks in amazing ways through the stuff that happens in our life if we are listening. Listening. I think, I think you have to take responsibility. And I think you have to understand that when you do, it doesn't always happen instantly. It's not like you go, well, God... You know, I need you to give me wisdom on this, and so I got five minutes here, and so I'm leaning in. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes it's because we don't hear well. Sometimes it has to do with circumstances, but it doesn't always work that way. Jesus, actually, speaking to his disciples about this very thing, tells them a parable. Take a look at this. This is found in Luke chapter uh, 18. Jesus told his disciples uh, a parable to show them that they should, what are the next two words? Always pray, always pray, and not give up. So don't, don't quit on it, he says. In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about what people thought. And, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time, Jesus said, he, he, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And then Jesus says this. He says, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. And then he speaks almost in an amusing way. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I think he's kind of saying, will he actually find people are listening? Will he find people are trusting him or saying, I'm looking for you? I think we have to understand that God is speaking all the time. But we have to take the posture of listening. That's the first one, assume responsibility. The second one really is kind of like the first, but it's just a little bit more intense, and it's the idea that we actually have to practice listening. Here's what I mean by this. Everybody knows that if you want something to change in your life, you don't just hope it will happen. If you really want it to change, you do you know, you, you assume responsibility for it yourself. This is what we tell our kids. You have to assume responsibility yourself. And then you do what you know to do for that to happen. Maybe you can't make everything happen, but you set it up so that it's more likely to happen. If you want to lose weight, or if you want to get in shape, or if you want to get a job, you can't always control every detail, but you set it up with everything that is in your power. And this is just what I think. I think maybe we need to be challenged. Are you setting it up in your life to be able to hear God as he speaks? And I think in all the hectic craziness of our lives, we've got so many cool things happening in our lives, so many great things going on, I think they're all good and wonderful. But I wonder where in the middle of them we actually practice listening, being quiet, just having enough distance from the fray, from the chaos, to hear more clearly what God may be saying. You know what Scripture says? This is God speaking in Psalm 46. Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. 
See, it's in those moments. Do you have those moments? Do you have those moments in your life? See, this, I'm just of this conviction that if we don't do this, how can we expect to hear from God? Do you put God in your schedule? Some people say, I try to walk with God all the time, and so do I. But I find that I walk away from Him fairly quickly. I mean, I'll have a great weekend. I feel like God's really moved in my life and spoken to me. And then Monday comes, and then Tuesday comes, and by the middle of the week, I feel like, God who? Does anybody know what I'm talking about, or am I all alone in that? I guess I'm all alone. That's all right. But, but I, I think this happens, and I think we have to practice it. We have to take time for God. Last thought, we'll go through this quickly, is I just think if you really want to hear from God, you have to be open to the unconventional. Here's, here's what I mean by this. God refuses to be boxed into your idea of what his speaking should be like. God speaks. The key is, are we listening? And he so often, if you read the Bible, he so often would use the most unconventional methods. of. And, and I'll, I'll just tell you, Often when God communicates with me, it is not what I had been hoping for. And, and this is just the truth. Many of you will relate to this. I've actually found that I've heard God speak most clearly in painful times in my life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I wish he would just use the nice times. I wish he would just speak clearly in the easy times and I wouldn't have those bad times. But it's in those difficult times, in those seasons where I feel dark, that I think I'm more likely to lean in. And in those times, they seem so crazy, but in those times, I've probably heard from God more in dark than I have in light. God is always speaking. He's speaking in the difficult places in your life. He's speaking in the painful places in your life. He's speaking in the bright side of your life. He's speaking to you through work through people that you don't even like. Sometimes God will speak to you through somebody that annoys the heck out of you. Now, is that great fun or what? I wonder sometimes if God just doesn't delight in going, I want to talk to you, but I'm going to use Joe over here, and you hate his guts, but I'm using him. The question is not, is God speaking? The question is what? Are we listening? So, uh, you know, my, my prayer is that we would do that. That's my prayer for me. This is so easy to preach this stuff and, you know, and then get down and like, why won't you talk to me? But I need to have a posture of listening. I think all of us do. Maybe you're here and maybe you feel like you're so far from God, but you have a sense kind of God stirring something in you, and that is true. And you need to respond to it. Maybe you'd made the decision to follow Christ a long time ago, but then you wandered away from that. Maybe you've never made the decision to follow Christ. You know, it's not complicated. You just tell him, I believe in you, and then you ask him to come in and take charge of your heart and life. I'm going to pray in just a second, and if you want to be a part of that, you can do that. You just pray that prayer. And so let's, let's do this. Let's just bow our heads together. And if that's you, if you need to pray that prayer, if you need to come back to Christ, maybe you'd say, you know, I'm, I've, I've been living a pretty decent life, but if you are far from God, this is your time. Say, God, I believe in you. I believe in you. And I ask you to come in and take charge of my life. I give you my heart. Would you tell him that? Just tell him. I give 
you my heart. And then just say it. Just With your help, I'm going to follow you. With your help, I'm going to follow you. And if you pray as simple a prayer as that, this is not complicated, God responds and moves. And something is already changing in you. And it's a step that you're taking. And it's a first step. And it's a great step. And you have to continue to take steps in his direction. And he's running in yours. And God, we pray for everyone who prayed that simple prayer now, who gave their life to you, who recommitted their life to you. We pray your blessing, your hand of blessing on their lives. And all the rest of us, we just say for all those who made decisions for Christ, yay, God. We're so thankful for what you do, God. Yay, God. All right, sermon over. Let's stand to our feet and I'll send you out with a blessing. We have, uh, you know, a book that we... Uh, would love to give you. It's called Seven Basics. You can text to get it if you want, but just go out to the Next Step area and ask them as well. They'd love to get it to you. And we have Explore God groups that meet. We're going to have people up in front who'd love to pray with you after the service. We believe God still does miracles. Amen? And so they would love to pray with you and look for a miracle in your life. So may you go with the peace of God and may you live with a life reflecting a posture of listening for the voice of God. In Jesus' name, let's say together, Amen. 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 Have a great day.